Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Thanks to everyone who supports Daily Tech News Show directly. To find out more, head to dailytechnewsshow.com slash support. This is the Daily Tech News for Friday, October 5th, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. In Cleveland, representing the currently trailing Indians, I'm Len Peralta. Spoiler. (laughs) (laughs) Alameda, California, I am Patrick Norton. And uh, from somewhere in L.A. County, I don't know where, I am the show's producer, Roger. Sarah Lane has the day off today. She's just traveling the lands with her dog, Otis. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be full of stories when she returns next week. But let's start with a few tech things you should know. Microsoft announced its Surface Pro 6 starting at $899 and its Surface Laptop 2 starting at $999. But when they first went up for order... You could only get those prices if you bought a bundle, which ended up costing more than that. Then, Thursday, versions of both products were offered at that starting price with no bundled involved, but only if you got the color platinum. If you wanted other colors, you could only get more expensive versions, albeit with higher specs, like 256 gigabytes of storage instead of 128. So the complaining has begun. Uh, Samsung issued its Q3 forecast, expecting record operating profits of around 17.5 trillion won. That's up 20.4% from a year ago, beating analyst estimates. Demand for Samsung's memory chips makes up the largest part of that growth. Uh, Chips account for 80% of Samsung's operating profit. All right. Let's talk a little bit more about this China hardware hack. The denials have not stopped. Amazon, Apple, Supermicro, and China all issued more detailed denials of the Bloomberg story that, if you missed yesterday's episode, claimed that motherboards from Supermicro were found to contain chips that created backdoor access. Now, Amazon uh, issued a full-page statement, denies finding malicious chips or working with the FBI, and says its third party only found software issues with super microchips. The Bloomberg story said the third party is the one that found the hardware. Apple denied finding malicious chips or having contact with the FBI and disputed the number of super micro motherboards it ever owned, saying it was only 2,000, not 7,000. Supermicro denied any investigation happened or that it was contacted by any government agency regarding any kind of issue like this. And China continued its call for cooperation on supply chain security. In addition, the National Cyber 
Cybersecurity Center, which is part of the UK's GCHQ spy agency, told Reuters it has no reason to doubt Apple and Amazon on these denials. And it added uh, that confidentially it, quote, urges anybody with credible intelligence about these reports to contact us. And the Washington Post is quoting multiple anonymous U.S. officials saying they're unsure of the accuracy of the story. That doesn't stop Bloomberg, though. Bloomberg posted a follow-up to the chip hack story alleging Supermicro was the target of two software attacks as well. These are, are less uh, groundbreaking than the hardware hack. Bloomberg sources say a customer portal uh, was infected. That's one that was used for critical software updates. It was breached in 2015 to deliver some infected firmware that would grant outside access to server communications. Facebook apparently was affected by this breach and said in a statement that it had purchased Supermicro motherboards for use in a lab, but the hardware was never put into production use. Apple also described a firmware issue in its denial of the hardware attack. And another source told Bloomberg Apple found that some cards from Supermicro came with outdated firmware. That included a known but patched, if it had been updated, vulnerability that could have been exploited. Uh, Patrick, this this is beginning to fascinate me, not just on the technical aspects, <laughs> which we talked about yesterday, but on these very specific and out-of-character denials. Even when you're, you're denying something for real, you usually don't go to this length to deny it. Certainly, Apple is out of character yeah. and issuing a full-page statement on this. I mean, Apple's... Uh, okay, so, you know, Apple never has security issues, and when they have security issues, they downplay them, or mm -hmm. they put them in page 72 when you click through on the update of something. Um, for them to be like, we only own 2,000 of those motherboards, not 7,000. If this is... This is weird, and the denials are peculiar. Um, I, you know, I, I don't even. I, it's. I'm, I'm with you. I don't. One, it's a huge story from Bloomberg. Two, uh, the level of crazy that's going on around it right now uh, in terms of the responses. They're all. I mean, you know, I don't use this word often enough. Hinky. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. No, the 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 uh, the extended show that goes out to patrons, uh, which often is is a little sillier and involves food, uh, involved a discussion between Justin and I, kind of parsing the original statements that Amazon right. and Apple gave, which were short. Uh, but man, my view on this changed when I saw these very detailed statements because it's not that I immediately say, "Oh, well, they must be telling the truth," and Bloomberg is wrong. It creates. The kind of thing that I try to do on this show is read the tea leaves well. I've been doing this long enough to say, well, when you see this, it usually means that. I've never seen this before. Uh, Bloomberg is well-respected, has a vetted editorial process. There are very good reasons you keep your sources anonymous, because if you don't have them be anonymous, sometimes you blow them as sources and you can't use them anymore, right. or you may ruin their life if they're in the intelligence agency. Uh, I, I think uh, one of the best articles on this was written by TechCrunch, just about the difficulties of covering cybersecurity and the intelligence agencies in general, because your sources have to be anonymous. So yeah. it's not that they're, the sources are anonymous that's the problem with Bloomberg. In fact, Bloomberg went very far to say, we got multiple sources that tell us the same thing. We got 17 people corroborating the story in one way or another. So they did their due diligence. They've got an editorial staff that wouldn't let their reporter put this out if they didn't feel comfortable that these sources were, were accurate uh, and reliable. And yet, instead of the usual flat denials, no, that's not true, or the vague denials, which might imply a gag order, you have Amazon and Apple very detailed saying, no, no hardware, never happened, didn't talk to the FBI, and Apple even saying, and we're not under a gag order on this, in case that's what you thought. Yeah, it's... Um... You know, it's it's the most verbiage I think of 
uh, verbiage I think I've ever seen from an Apple announcement that wasn't i mean usually when apple's foaming at the mouth it's because they're telling you how wonderful their new widget is <laughs> it's right. awesome and it's super and it's shiny and they revolutionary the yeah yeah um you know for them to for them to be basically this this is apple in a corner and i don't know who they're reacting for yeah. you know what i mean this this seems like posturing for a third party who is you know, not super micro and not the FBI. This is like somebody ha- Apple has contractual obligations with or something. You know what I mean? This is, this mm-hmm. is, this is, this smells like Apple posturing. Um, well, and the GCHQ, the yeah. GCHQ not having to be badgered into issuing a statement, but just coming out with a statement is odd. Zach Whitaker at TechCrunch, who I just mentioned earlier, his best guess at what could explain this is the people who discovered it couldn't tell anyone. There are cases in national security situations where you aren't even allowed to tell your boss. The CEOs yeah. of these companies might not know. And there there are other examples of those kind of stories that are now known from the past. He's like, that could be one scenario that explains this, which is the people that discovered these chips were told very quickly, don't you tell a soul that this existed for national security reasons. Right. Yeah. All yeah. right. Let's... Let, Move along. The U.S. state of California has passed a law requiring net-connected devices, basically targeting Internet of Things type devices, to use unique passwords when they're sold to consumers or uh, force consumers to choose passwords before the device goes into operation. But basically saying you have to take reasonable security measures. You can't just have a default 12345 or admin password on routers and Internet of Things devices. Uh, Customers also now have a provision under this law that allows them to more easily sue for damages if they experience harm as a result of a company ignoring this law. Um, What do you think, Patrick? I mean, it's good practice to say you should, in fact, put out unique passwords on your devices. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Um, So now every manufacturer is going to have to create a unique password for their each individual product or or just make the setup process require the consumer to, to set a password themselves. I think that's probably the more reasonable route. Yeah. Um, Okay. I, 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 this, I don't know. This is on a long list of peculiar things that have come out of the legislature this year. I mean, on one hand, you know, as someone who deals with a lot of uh, pathetic security situations, not because I am super security guy, but just because people are like, "Hey, my my thing is acting on." It's like, "Oh, well, it, you've never updated it. You've your route. You know I mean, like your router has all of the social diseases." Um, you know, I I I I think everything should have passwords. The problem is, is like, oh, it should have a good password. It's not. It should have a good password, and you know, they're not fixing any of the other things that are there are plenty of other things i mean that that is a fair point uh for forcing people to uh adapt firmware updates could could have been a part of this law i'm not saying it should have been but you know that that is another uh element that that causes a security problem so i i'm i'm a little on your side i think this is a good practice companies absolutely should require their users to set up a unique password on a device before it goes into operation you shouldn't have default passwords out in the wild like that um I I, I I don't love the idea of it being a state law, but I guess if it nudges people down the right road. What's what'll be awesome is is you know, this is you know are, are they going like is are, are you know, is Netgear gonna change their practices for this? Um is is you know, Lynx is gonna change their practices for this, is Ace is gonna change their practice for this. If they want to sell in are, California, they're gonna to need to. Yeah, so basically yeah. so so Amazon will now have to keep track of all of the vendors. 
who Dior do you and I have secure passwords on all of the internet of crap stuff that's available? You know what I mean? Uh, like, yeah, that's a good question. Will Amazon be liable for selling a device that has followed this? I, I, I haven't read the law closely enough to know. I would, I would hope saying, that only the I mean, manufacturer would be. They're saying each gadget must have its own unique passwords. So. Or, or, or require a password to be set up by the user. Right. Rather than having to, to set it up. Um, although Amazon does a good job of, of having unique information on each device when you order it. So there, there are systems for that. Well, I guess if they can keep, you know, mm-hmm. various types of spray paint glues and solvents out of California. Well, like when you buy a fire device, uh, this is a problem for me. Whenever I buy a fire device, it always comes with my account on it. And then I have to switch it to Eileen's because I, I bought it on my Amazon account. But I'm like, I don't want my account on there. I want Eileen's account. She owns all the good movies. Uh, TechCrunch reports screenshots from tipster Jane Manchin Wong show that Instagram has prototyped a privacy setting to let you share your location history with Facebook. There is a concern here, but there's a lot of overreaction to this. If turned on, the setting would use your GPS location from Instagram uh, to target ads in Facebook and Instagram, as well as populate the Facebook profile activity log. Now, the prototype Wong saw was opt-in. It defaulted to that being off. You had to go in and turn it on as a user. And Facebook told TechCrunch, it has not changed Instagram's location settings. Instagram does not store any data location data now. Uh, and it and it is always testing things, it says. So it's concerning that they're trying to convince you to do this because it's just going to target more ads at you. But at least, Patrick, it's not as bad as some of the headlines would make you think in that it's not going to be turned on automatically, or at least it wasn't in this prototype. Uh, I, there's nothing I can do without completely going on for 10 or 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to, you have to admit, like some people are overreacting to this as if they oh. were forcing you to share your location. And, and th- this is maybe you don't want them to do this, but if they're going to, this is the best practice. No, I, that, that I get it, but it's also, it's, it's, um, Facebook does something this week. Everyone overreacts. Yeah, Instagram yeah. does something, you know, weird this week. Everyone overreacts, but with a much higher quality of photos, <laughs> with a, like. but in a beautiful way, with such good lighting. Yeah. Uh, London's National Theatre and Accenture's Extended Reality Group have partnered to create augmented reality glasses for patrons with hearing impairments. Uh, that lets them better enjoy the theater's production. They are using the Epson Moverio BT350 smart glasses to show you live captioning during the performance. Uh, They use some voice following software that listens to the production and then finds where you are in a script and shows you the proper text, including things like lighting and sound cues. 90 glasses are available in the theater for Hadestown and War Horse right now and will roll out to all the productions at the National Theater later this month. It's very cool. Yeah, Yeah. We don't hear enough stories like this, right? Well, we were it was funny. We were talking about uh, the. Amazon Basics microwave with ALEXA mm. and, you know, kind of, you know, feeling silly about it. And we got a couple of emails on tech thing uh, from viewers who are visually impaired. Uh, one of whom was like, you never think about, you know, nobody ever thinks about, you know, people, you know, with, 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 you know, different abilities. Well, especially because most microwaves was, have those flat buttons where you can't even feel them very well. And, right. Yeah. You can't well, tell which one's which. Well, I found it like an entire website dedicated or entire set of pages on a website dedicated to which microwaves are the most friendly for visually impaired people. Uh, and 
basically what one of the guys said is you, you, you pretty much can't use any advanced features. You can memorize buttons. There are buttons with Braille uh, on a couple of the manufacturers, or you know at least with bumps that function mm-hmm. like Braille that aren't actually Braille. Um, but one of the guys said, look, yes, this is kind of silly, but it would be incredibly useful for me, and I hope it's a harbinger of having more and more voice control devices because uh, they are so incredibly useful, which also led to me reading a bunch of articles about people who are taking advantage of, of Google Home and, and uh, you know Echo equipment to really give them an unprecedented level of kind of freedom within their home. I do, um, I do love that this story uh, it doesn't involve augmented reality promises. It involves augmented reality reality. Uh, it's not you know it's not overreaching. It's just right. showing you captioning, uh, you know, floating in your field of view. That's what makes it augmented reality. Uh, and it's not from Google. It's, it's not from Microsoft. It's, it's right. from Epson uh, and Accenture, you know, which is a huge company. Yeah. But, uh, and, it's, and it's done to promote the arts in the National Theater. And, and, and so, yeah, uh, I think this is a really, really cool thing that, that's being done. Well done. Uh, good on you, National Theater. Golf club. To get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com. Now, you may be thinking, how did you not talk about the iMac and MacBook problems? We're going to talk about them right now. Mac Rumors obtained an internal Apple document that shows that iMac Pro and 2018 MacBook Pro models must pass Apple diagnostics for certain repairs to be completed. This has to do with the T2 chip secure enclave. For the MacBook Pro, that applies to repairs involving the display, the logic board, the touch ID, and the top case, which includes the keyboard, battery, trackpad, and speakers. This is all stuff that is in one way or another. With the with the top case, it's because the touch ID is in the, the MacBook. I mean, stuff this is that, essentially everything. It works with the secure enclave, and everything yeah. works with the secure enclave. For the iMac <laughs> Pro, it means repairs to the logic board and the flash storage. Now, on yeah. the good side, Apple stores... And authorized service providers can use Apple Diagnostic Suite. So it's not just Apple stores. However, repair shops out there, and there are many, one not too far from me, without Apple certification would not be able to complete the repairs. So this immediately, Patrick, goes right into the right to repair, right? Apple's going to say, hey, if somebody's not certified, they might not do a very good job. Uh, In fact, it might not be safe to let those uncertified people fix stuff. But the arguments against this are that, well, if you only allow certified people to fix it, that drives the price up because you can limit that market. Apple could counter that they've increased the number of authorized service providers worldwide to 5,000 recently. And you could counter that 5,000 worldwide does not sound like that large of a number per capita. But, uh, yeah. we're, we're, you know, we've talked about this uh, just not too long ago on DTNS, uh, September 19th, in regards to farm equipment with the, the John Deere settlement mm-hmm. with the Farm Bureau in California. That's sort of a lot of people criticize as giving away too much to big manufacturing. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. 
From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. How do you feel this fits into that whole conversation? It's funny you should mention that because I like dumped a whole bunch of links into the show notes. Um, oh, my goodness. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I do on some level come from farm culture, and I am a geek. And actually, a lot of farmers are geeks, especially uh, today. Um, this is not new for Apple. That's the first thing I want to say. I mean, uh, one of my favorite uh, iFixit articles of all time, and I'm a huge iFixit fan. I'm a huge Kyle Weens fan. Um, I'm a huge repair.org fan. Um, so let me, let me just state my biases up front. I sure. think it should be easy to fix things. But, you know, I mean, 2011, uh, you know, uh, Apple's diabolical plan to screw your phone, which is such a wonderful title. Uh, and that's when they started talking about the pentalobe uh, screws that Apple put on iPhones because people were fixing their iPhones. Gosh darn it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, it was just like last year where Apple was basically like, iPhones are too complicated. You can't fix these. Your consumers, your role is to consume. Consume more of our products. By the way, this is Patrick's uh, artistic impression of Apple's attitude, not an exact quote. Yeah, this is, yeah, if, if Apple decides to attack anyone, attack me, leave the rest of the other <laughs> Well, I just, uh, you know, this is not um, what Apple would say. Uh, and in fact, I don't even think, I my personal opinion is Apple isn't anti-repair. Apple is pro-Apple. Apple's like, we don't care about your right to repair. We just want to make devices that we think work for us. So the pentalobe screws could have been meant to prevent repairs, but more likely someone was like, hey, these are really pretty and they work better uh, in this and that case. And someone said, yeah, but they'll be harder to repair. Well, and they said, we don't care about that. Let's use them. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me quote an art, uh, 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 Lisa Jackson, Apple's vice president of policy and social initiatives in that motherboard article. Quote, I don't think you can say repairability equals longevity. I often say if you're in the repair business, repair seems like the answer. But actually, you need to design for the life cycle. And Apple has designed for some time around durability, around the idea we can release the latest and greatest product. Your old product still works and has value. Yeah. And it's like on one hand, you know, that's a very kind of like, well, yes, if you're a manufacturer, manufacturing is the answer. Um, totally. But as you know, it, you know, when I bought my last iPhone, um, it bent and destroyed the screen in the first six days. You know, I, I, their idea of durability and my idea of durability may not actually mesh in any meaningful well, way. Well, and their idea or their claim of durability in, in a press spin, let's be fair, uh, let's be honest here, is, that's what that was, is different than durability in reality. And where, yeah. where I come down on this is, listen, man, if Apple feels like pentalobe screws and, and, and glued on uh, cases uh, fit their design aesthetic better, fine. You know what? That's their right to make their product the way they want. Don't mess with my right to melt that glue and buy a pentalobe screwdriver yeah. uh, or hire someone who isn't approved by Apple to take a crack at it. 
Um, I, I, I think, I think that sh- there, there needs to be a balance between that and whether you're designing for durability or not doesn't matter. Right. I, I should be able, if I own a piece of equipment to treat it however I want. Well, yeah. And that's, and, and that's where things get started getting really complicated. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, there was a time when basically all of the electronics you bought uh, or, a, or a striking amount of the electronics you bought actually had uh, the schematics for the entire circuit board layout. Now, obviously, you know, things are much more complicated uh, than they were back in the day. Um, you know, but when you look at something like that. there was a time like before that, that when they didn't, too. That was, that was kind of yeah. a, a wave of a right to repair of its own that, that, that caused that sort of behavior. Yeah, but I mean, it was interesting. I actually got to go into uh, uh, Phil Sadow's warehouse in Berkeley, the guy who reversed engineers all of the tools he needed to be able to, you know, control and reset things inside of the Tesla uh, control, basically the Tesla operating system, because um, he was he was he he got into salvaging Teslas, and he reverse engineered everything he needed to do to do that because um, Tesla doesn't want you to salvage Tesla's Tesla's once, you know, Tesla wants them to disappear. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been interesting when you start, you know, listening to some of it, like, you know, Elon Musk was, was, you know, basically like, okay, you know, we have to take, and obviously Elon Musk at this particular stage of his career says a lot of things in a lot of ways. It's getting harder and harder to wonder. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you know, Musk was like, you know, Tesla's bringing collision repairs in houses. Outside firms take weeks to months to repairs, driving Tesla owners and us crazy. Uh, and then he also was kind of like, you know, oh, yeah, well, it also could be part of the problem is is we're not actually making parts uh, available. Oops. Um, <laughs> I, you know. L- listen, I, I think you can go too far one way or the other on these things. I think you can go too far in the conspiracy theory of, of design sure. obsolescence. I, I don't think that makes sense for most manufacturers. I'm not, uh, I'm not going to design obsolescence. I'm no. No, no, I'm. I know you're not. I'm just. I'm just saying. I, I think some people will tilt that way, and I, I don't think. I don't think they're designing even necessarily to make it hard to repair. But I also think you can go too far the other way in, in defense of the companies and say like, oh, oh, they're doing it for your best interest. No, they're not. They're doing it for their best interest, whatever those interests are. So, I think there needs to be a balance and. I think the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, which I've been talking with you about since 1999, practically, uh, is, 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 is causing, is it once again uh, having an unattended side effect? Because while the argument from John Deere and Apple and others is, yeah, but if you have just anybody repair these, it's unsafe. They could damage your device. That's not what the Digital Millennium Copyright Act is meant to do. And yet the DMCA is what these companies use to defend against your right to repair by saying, well, if you re-engineer that software or you take that hardware design, you're violating our copyright. The DMCA is not meant to keep you safe from things. Also, that's kind of a silly argument. It's it's up to you. If you want to fix something, you should have the right to fix it. If you damage it, well, that's your, your problem. Yeah. And it's, I mean, one of the, I don't know, it's, it's. It's frustrating because, you know, when you look at the, the John Deere stuff's been really fascinating because, one, it's been amusing to watch people right be like, farmers use GPS? Yes. They oh, yeah, use they GPS. do. It's and drones and, yeah. yeah. And all sorts of amazing stuff. Um, these are big money operations, um, you know, and it's and they're incredibly sophisticated. And, you know, when you think about, I, you know, when you get over in the Central Valley over here, some of the bigger operations, they start, um, you know, they run like... Uh, the, one of the things I, I saw a, a video of once, I think it was 
basically eight tractors planting seeds running simultaneously because you know when they're when their chief basically the guy who was in charge of the agricultural side of this business when he pulled the trigger they were going to lay down like i think it was forty thousand acres of whatever it was cotton let's say uh as fast as they could do it like like the the conditions were optimal and the starting gun went off and they literally had eight or ten of these tractors running 24 7 like three shifts of drivers go 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 and you know, if one of those goes down, you know, then you've got to like, okay, it's, well, it's three in the morning and I've got to wait until John Deere opens. No, they have something else scheduled. And, you know, it sounds silly, but it's alarming when you start to realize how difficult it can be to do even minimal maintenance um, or how frustrating it can be. I mean, the, the Massachusetts, uh, you know, the acts, uh, the independent, it's when you start looking at some of those, like, you know, a Massachusetts act to make, um, it easier to, for independents to get the information they need to repair cars and the parts need to repair cars is one of the reasons why we have sort of federal laws about that because people got upset because, you know, with all due respect, like some of the worst, uh, you know, some of the worst service I've ever gotten is actually from a Ford dealer. Um, you know, I had a Ford vehicle. I kept, I would take the vehicle to get fixed and the vehicle would come back and something new would be broken because the repair guys were trying to jam through so much stuff. They weren't paying attention. Like, well, you know, I should- two things when, when you have a captive market, and or your money comes from sales of new things. Uh, yeah. it, it, again, I'm not saying there's a conspiracy theory where they break cars, but they don't prioritize things yeah. uh, for, for service and repair in that situation. Well, it's and it's so, you know, when you when you start, I I, I find it frustrating. One, I mean, personally. You know, I find it frustrating that the way a lot of stuff is designed today is you can't upgrade it or there's minimal upgradability or there's minimal repairability or the repair is basically like spend an extra $300 for the service and then spend $79 every time you break your phone. That is a fantastic business model for yeah. Apple. Yeah. Um, and they know. did lower some prices on that recently, but yeah, they did, it's still, but, it's still a pretty I mean, good business. Yeah, you, you know, you still though have an entire. You know, there's just there's too much design around disposal, I think, and not enough design mm-hmm. around repair. I think yeah. a lot of companies, and, and you know, it may you know, in some cases it's the lawyers, right? You know, Tesla is is you know any Tesla that is in an accident, they basically don't want to go back on the street because they're afraid something's going to happen and that's going to negatively impact the image of Tesla and electric cars and you know the value of their liability, stock. et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's big and it's messy and it's complicated, but I think right to repair is important because I think most of us would actually like things to be able to be fixed. Is that Can't, too much to ask? No, it seems seems right. Uh, let us know what you think on our subreddit. Do you agree? Uh, DailyTechNewsShow.reddit.com. Submit some stories there for us as well. And uh, this one was submitted today. You can also discuss this sort of thing at Facebook.com slash group slash Daily Tech News Show. Uh, real quickly, email from Dave from soon-to-be-snowing Michigan says, For the Chinese hack... I participate in quite a few organizations within the automotive cybersecurity field, including an advisory board and a standards committee. And we speak to mostly U.S. government representatives frequently. Just last week, there was quite the passionate, maybe even inflammatory presentation from a member of the CIA talking about the offensive cyber capabilities of Russia, China, North Korea, and Iran. Some of my European colleagues were, if not dismissive of the opinion, uh, that this was partisan rhetoric. I'll be very interested if their opinions have changed with this news. Then again, supply chain security is a very concerning topic with us. So really, this isn't particularly surprising other than someone evidently got caught. 
anyway, keep up the great work. I already gave you guys a raise last year, and you may be due one this year as well. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate that. And thank you, Len Peralta, for illustrating today's show. What have you done with us? Well, you know, I usually don't take a political stance necessarily on things. Uh, But, you know, this is about as political as I'll get on the show. It's the right to repair. This is something that I think if you believe in the right to repair, which I I personally do, this is something you can print out, hang up in your cubicle or on your wall. You bought it. You own it. You have the right to repair it. This is the right to repair. And uh, I feel that this is this is pretty important, guys. This is uh, this is a big deal. So that's where I stand. It's, and, it's uh, like the the uh, the Uncle Sam wants you of right to repair. This is great. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You bought it. You own it. You have the right to repair it. Um, uh, listen, folks. Uh, if you don't want to buy this for yourself at LenPeraltaStore.com, why not buy it for your local repair shop uh, right. and just give it to them to hang up in their shop? I think it'd be great. I'm sure they would love it. Yeah, go to LenPeraltaStore.com. It's uh, right there on the front page, and. Um, you know, you can also, if you become one of my patrons, you can uh, get this, you get every piece of this art uh, as part of your uh, rewards. So go check it out. You also have the right to more Patrick Norton. Where can you exercise that right, Patrick? Oh, my goodness. Uh, AVXL.com is the podcast I host with Mr. Robert Hare, where we talk about home theater and audio and headphones and all the things to make your entertainment experience more awesome. We don't care if you're rich or if you have no money and you're stuffed in a dorm room, we're going to help you out. And of course, tech thing. T-E-K-T-H-I-N-G dot com, the uh, weekly tech show I host with Shannon Morse. We exist 95% or more because of your direct support on Patreon. Uh, We thank you with lots of cool stuff. So please, please, please check out what's available not only at our store, dailytechnewsshow.com slash store, but also at our Patreon, patreon.com slash DTNS. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We're live Monday through Friday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. You can find out more about that at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. No show Monday. It's a holiday in the U.S., but back on Tuesday with Patrick Beja. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs) Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food, and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.